Hi, my name is Jared Dudley, and you're listening to the Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show. Welcome to the Phoenix Suns Solar Panel Podcast. We do appreciate you joining us. Uh, we did take last week off, so super happy to be here. Of course, my name is Tim Tompkins. Joining us, as always, Mr. Greg Esposito. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Dave King. How's it going, folks? So, uh, no, no surprise. We're going to talk about this uh, a bit today. Uh, every year, Sports Illustrated puts out a top 100 list, and every year you have... Uh, Ben Golliver making the rounds. He's usually stopping on dunked on to explain why he has Devin Booker so (laughs) low. Uh, I swear to God, every single year. Um, So they they just released it. There are two Suns players in the top 100. Uh, Some pretty noticeable snubs and some guys ahead of uh, some certain players that probably shouldn't be. You know, and Ben Golliver isn't even part of it this year. So maybe that's why Devin Booker rose up in the ranks. Maybe. I mean, you know, it's the whole methodology is kind of interesting with this. They talk about in the intro to it. It's it's not about the the future. It's not it's somewhat about the past, but not really. It's about 2019, 2020, basically trying to project where these guys will be this season. So you don't see well, Kevin Durant. Extra credit to recent playoff success is what yeah. they said. Yeah, but so so some of this just confuses me, and I, I know we'll get in depth into where the Suns uh, players rank and who does and doesn't make the list here. But some of the methodology uh, is is quite confusing to me, and how they selected these guys, in particular with uh, as always where Devin Booker's rank compared to a few guys around him. Uh, I'm not quite sure that it passes the sniff test. Uh, you know, well, it smells like something. I'm just not sure it smells good. So, so to give the details, uh, what's been revealed through the uh, through Wednesday, or excuse me, through Tuesday of this week is through the top thirty, and that gets us all the way into all the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Devin Booker rose from uh, in, in the low fifties to number thirty-one this year. Uh, Ricky Rubio was 57 last year, and he dropped to number 73 this year because last year they gave him a little extra credit for having shot 35% on threes his first year in Utah. And then uh, last year, actually, Dario Saric came in at 54th overall um, after having a good year with Philadelphia as a 24-year-old and pushing or 23 year old actually and making 39 percent of his threes and getting into the playoffs and all that they were all excited about him so his recency bias there and now this year he's not even in the top 100 so darius arch is outside the top 100 even though he had almost as good a season but just not quite as good a season this year and um so the that leaves sun the suns with only two players in the top 100 and i'll bet our our favorite um uh aaron baines fan the uh, uh, the guy on Twitter and all that is really bummed that still, after all these years, Aaron Baines is not even mentioned in the top 100. Wait, you're saying he won't be in the top 30? <laughs> oh, that's quite possible. <laughs> well, if we believe our friend on Twitter, he's number one, right? <laughs> Baines fan club. Um, starting it off with uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, so some of the notable players ahead of him, which, by the way, you went into depth on this on Bright Side of the Sun on your latest article, Dave. Uh, but some of the players ahead of him, That's DeAndre. Bright Side of the Sun.com. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, if you're not aware. By Dave King, K-I-N-G. Uh, some of the notable players ahead of him, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, Bam Adebayo, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. at number 83. All of Out of all of those players, um, I, I would take one definitively uh, above DeAndre Ayton uh, next season. Uh, and you could argue two of those players I would take above of DeAndre Ayton next season. Well, yeah. Which two? Uh, Jonas Valanciunas. I think that's just clear cut. He's a better player right now than DeAndre mm. is. Um, and then arguably Bam Adebayo. But of course, we've only seen Bam and uh, for the most part a bench role. Uh, when he has started, he has been really effective and he's been really good. Uh, I'm excited to watch him play. I think he's a really good player. Um, and I think you could make an argument for him uh, next season above Aiton, but that's it. I mean, having Darren Jackson Jr. at number 83 and not even having Aiton in the top 100, um, having DeAndre Jordan ahead of Aiton, uh, why? Well, look, at this point in his career, why? Look, Bam is a, a great name, so that's why he deserves to make the list regardless. Uh, that, that's a great uh, name there, but you're right. How in the world is DeAndre Jordan ranked ahead of DeAndre Ayton, if this list is supposedly only about 2019-2020, right? DeAndre Jordan is in this league still and, and got paid simply because he's Kevin Durant's buddy and they knew it would help get him to Brooklyn. Like, do not, do not tell me that DeAndre uh, Jordan is a better player than DeAndre Ayton. He's not even the better DeAndre. That's the, that's the annoying part. <laughs> here uh, and uh, you know so to to push DeAndre Ayton out of the top 100 and have a guy like DeAndre Jordan in there is somewhat criminal but that's why they make these lists so guys like us will sit here and yell about SI.com for 15 20 minutes at a time and they get additional traffic in a time where nobody's going to an NBA section on any sports website but really if you look at what DeAndre Ayton did in year one and the growth that you saw from from game one through game 82 with him and you're trying to project into 2019 2020 there is not a sane soul on this planet that would tell you that they wanted DeAndre Jordan over DeAndre Ayton in 2019-2020. Yeah, well, and, and I do have a question with for you, Tim, on what about Jonas Valanciunas tells you that he's better than DeAndre Ayton? He's barely starting in Memphis. Uh, I think he's better offensively. I think he's underutilized offensively, at least uh, for... A lot of his game. Um, I think he's better defensively. I've just I've always been a pretty big fan of his game. I think he's a really good big. Okay. I I personally would take DeAndre Ayton over Jonas Valanciunas if I had a choice in, in 2019-20. Uh, but I can see how we can differ on that, and that's fine. Um, the only guy I thought, my, I mean, it really is a good argument on whether Jaron Jackson Jr. is a better NBA player this coming year than DeAndre Ayton because Jaron Jackson Jr. does a lot of the stuff that DeAndre Ayton doesn't and vice versa. Um, he, Jaron Jackson Jr., JJJ, he, he does a lot of good things out there, but he fouls like crazy and he doesn't rebound. Well, and well, that's the thing. If, if he had been ranked number 98th, I wouldn't really have had that much of a problem with it. But the fact that he's ranked 83rd uh, and DeAndre Ayton's not even in there. Yeah, uh, right. Why? Well, how about right. Julius Randle being 79th? Right. If you're going to put Jaron Jackson Jr. at 83rd, at least have 
DeAndre Aiden in the 80s, you know, in the low 80s, high 70s. I, I totally agree with you there. Yes. I just, I, there, it's a flawed list because they, they try to claim that analytics and these things came into it, but I just, I do not understand how if you're only projecting for one season and you're supposed to somewhat be taking the past into consideration, but nothing beyond. 2019 2020 and not too far in the past it's just it, it's nuts to me and I, I just don't get I don't get how Julius Randle is ranked like I said I believe it was it was 79th and DeAndre Ayton doesn't even make it in the top 100 right well, yeah and let's even argue for a bit about whether okay fine you've got the big men the big men are going to be in that top 100 let's leave them where they are let's talk about the little guys who are also in that bottom 20 that first 20 I mean, you've got guys like Andrew Wiggins, and I like Terrence Ross, but I would much rather have DeAndre Aiden over Terrence Ross in 2019-20. Kyle Kuzma, Jeff Teague, Julius Randle, that's just a few in that in that first 20. That is just unbelievable that you would put you would any any GM or any fan would be would choose those guys over DeAndre Aiden in 2019-20. I just I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's flawed. I mean, there there's no way around it. The Sun players in these kind of situations get graded on a steep curve just simply because of how bad they have been, and in particular, they were last year. And I don't think that's fair to DeAndre Ayton because anybody that actually watched for any extended period of time saw the evolution in his game, know, knows that he was doing things that no other big man had really done in their rookie year, and he was handicapped by an offense that wasn't really geared to get him involved in the second half of uh, of any game. So we're, we're not even taking into, you'd think a list like this would take into account that Monty Williams is now here as well in Phoenix and would be able to help groom DeAndre Ayton further going into this year as well, which I think is, is a very underrated aspect that people aren't talking about when they look at these kind of things is the impact he'll have on uh, on DeAndre Ayton's game and oh Ricky Rubio giving him passes into the post I, I think we're going to see much more from DeAndre Ayton simply from those two factors without additional growth in his game and I think he's going to take immense steps in, in year two compared to what he did in year one Let's talk about Ricky Rubio for a minute, unless you want to keep going on Aiton for a little bit, Tim. What do you think? Uh, to talk about the the quote that was brought up when they were talking about Devin Booker playing with a competent point guard, uh, referring to Ricky Rubio, but then having Ricky Rubio rank seventy third. That's <laughs> that's my favorite part about it. Well, well I, and they dropped Rubio sixteen spots. Uh-huh. I mean, they, he's been in the top hundred for years, Ricky Rubio, and they just dropped him. Uh, partially because he, he really hasn't ever shot well. But you know what? He's always made players around him better. Uh, Utah has been in the playoffs the last two years since he got traded there, even though his numbers have leveled out a little bit because he wasn't um, holding the ball. But nobody was holding the ball very much in Utah. It'll be very different in Phoenix than it was in Utah, I believe, as far as Rubio uh, being much more of a captain of the offense. And that's where he fits. That's where he belongs. He's going to look so much better this year than he did this past year in Utah as an individual player. Whether the Suns win more games or not is totally up to the players around him. But um, definitely uh, Rubio is is on the rise here as far as value in the league under with the Suns rather than dropping. I just don't 
I don't get that at all. Well, I love how that, I love their justification though that oh he can't shoot. He's never been able to shoot. Why is that all of a right. sudden so surprising to somebody? And if we're talking about situations they're finding him in, his passing becomes immensely more uh, valuable as well, and his defense here in Phoenix. So I that as well. It's not a surprise. This is not breaking news that Ricky Rubio isn't the best jump shooter uh, in the world, and that's not something that just popped up between last season and this season. It's always been an issue. Right, and so what do you guys think is going to happen with Devin Booker? Um, Since Ricky Rubio is going to be holding the ball, making more passes, making more finishing passes uh, this next season, do you think you think Devin Booker's going to pass five assists a game? No, I think it's assists drop, but what we're going to see is in in exchange that three-point shooting and that efficiency there is going to skyrocket, I think. And I'm willing to trade in uh, those uh, those handful of assists that he averages for a better long-distance shooting because that's going to become more valuable in spacing the floor. Uh, for the Suns, and he's going to have a guy that's going to take some of the load off, so he should be able to perform better down the stretch uh, in games because he's not going to have as much usage uh, on him. So overall, yeah, I think he probably finishes below five assists, but he's going to have a more effective season simply because Rubio is going to be taking that pressure off of him. I think my interview with Matt Moore was really good last week with uh, from uh, uh, what does he work for? The Action Network. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Matt Moore was good because he did do a real analysis of Devin Booker's passing. Uh, this SI Top 100 only talks about Devin Booker's scoring and says his passing is really suspect. Um, <laughs> right. Moore, Which in what world is his passing suspect? I mean, well, Moore legitimately. Did, Moore did a little bit of a deep dive. He did say that his left-handed passes sail a bit, um, and that's that is generally a little true. I mean. It, it, it does have some truth to it that he's, he's not sharp pinpoint passes with his left. Well, big deal. He was a shooter until last year, and he's going to get better. He's going to continue to get better. But um, SI went way too far saying he's really just a shooter and not a passer and can't pass well. That's going much further than any reasonable analysis should go. Well, and I love the, well, somebody's got to get assists uh, on a team if there's no real point guard. I'm like, if you looked at the roster around him, the the amount of missed yeah. shots, like assists weren't assists weren't growing on trees with that group of G leaguers that were playing around him uh, for, primarily. So, I I think it, it was a a mile wide and an inch deep in what they were uh, talking about analysis wise when it came to to Devin Booker's game in particular and Ricky Rubio uh, to an extent as we talked about as well. Just ahead of Devin Booker, I guess we should we should talk about uh, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. yeah. In what world do you sit there and you go, De'Aaron Fox is definitely a guy I'd take over Devin Booker, that he's going to have a better season than Devin Booker in 2019-2020. Uh, you know what? I love De'Aaron Fox. I do I too. Do. But if we're, not, if we're just talking this season and we're not projecting into the future like no, their Even if businesses, you do project... I think I think you could make the argument if you project beyond this year, but in this thought experiment that SI is running, it was this season only, and I just don't see how, you, if you're looking at this season uh, in isolation, how you pick De'Aaron Fox over Devin Booker. 
Uh, I, I take it farther and say, even if you're looking at it from a, a career trajectory, uh, I, Devin Booker is a special player. We are not talking about Mikhail Bridges. We are not talking uh, about uh, Kelly Oubre. Devin Booker is a special player. De'Aaron Fox is probably a special player too, but um, don't underestimate how good Devin Booker will become and already is. I, I'm not. I, I would, I'm with you. Projecting in the future, I would probably still go Devin Booker, but the argument could be made if we're talking over the next five years that, that you could make an argument for De'Aaron Fox, and I wouldn't so, laugh you out of the room. So setting uh, Fox aside for a second, because I think that is kind of polarizing. People do really like him outside of Phoenix. Um, what about C.J. McCollum ranked ahead of Booker? That didn't bother me as much uh, just because C.J. McCollum uh, has a much more proven track record. Uh, regular season uh, success, uh, hell, even uh, playoff appearances, you know, going all the way to uh, the Western Conference Finals uh, last season, even though they did get swept. And that when you compare that to Devin Booker, they're such similar players that uh, I, I understand why he was ranked ahead of them yeah and I, I agree with that as well uh as you mentioned dave they they were taking recent playoff success uh into consideration and you can't argue with what mccollum's be, been able to do there uh, paired with damian lillard uh so so that one isn't isn't one that really stands out immensely to me guess who hasn't been mentioned yet going into the top 30 who donovan mitchell Oh. Oh. Hey, hey, uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, give too much away, but the uh, NBA 2K20 rankings came out and there is a chance that Donovan Mitchell has a higher rating than Devin Booker. Hey, the entire Donovan game came out, out Tim. Too, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, Ridiculous. The Mr. 32 percent in the playoffs this past year and 25 percent in FIBA. You know, oh, FIBA's great for your game. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, why, why is Devin, uh, the, the jazz announcer went on a rant uh, about how it was selfish of Devin Booker to uh, uh, to not play uh, in FIBA. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, but it's not, no. it's not selfish when two-thirds of the basketball players in your country did it as well. Why are we just looking at him and saying, well, Devin so Booker was selfish? Part. That's a ridiculous part is to call him, single out him as a single guy who is being too selfish. But uh, Matt Moore, Bill Simmons, those guys have made good comments that this could have been Booker's chance to get away from the losing stigma and win something with a team as their best player. He would have been the best player on Team USA. I think he should have played. Uh, but I also think that you shouldn't just call out one individual player over right. and over and over when a ton of other players didn't play. Okay. Uh, but I, I do think he should be playing. If he played and he hurt himself and we were going into a second straight season where Devin yeah. Booker was, missed training camp and a, and a portion of preseason or all of preseason and wasn't fully ready for the regular season, what, what did he gain by doing that? And that's the reality of this is he looked at it and he knew last season uh, was uh, was another bust and he wasn't there in training camp uh, to learn a new system. He didn't get to play with these guys and I don't think he wanted to find himself behind the eight ball with Monty Williams uh, and this new group. 
I do not blame Devin Booker in the least. If he were the only guy that wound up doing this and nobody else in the country did it, you know, fine, great. I get it 100% why people would be singling him out. But it was a decision made by numerous NBA stars to not do this. And what about, what about, I mean, nobody's talking about that that De'Aaron Fox also begged off after going through the (laughs) warmups. He sure did. Yeah. And healthy. (laughs) <laughs> had been healthy all year and same with Marvin Bagley. I, the, the argument it, was, here's the argument. The argument was that, well, it's possible De'Aaron Fox wouldn't have gotten enough playing time to make himself satisfied for putting out all that effort to go to China. Well, you know what? If you can't beat out Derek White, should you be ranked ahead of Devin Booker on the list where he'd be clearly the best player? People have said the same people who are complaining about Devin Booker not going are saying he would have been the best player on Team USA. Well, guess what? Darren Fox might not have even made a regular rotation. Guess what? Donovan Mitchell is the shooting guard on Team USA that they're saying that Booker would clearly be the best player on. What's wrong with this picture, people? And and again, I go back to this is all Earl Watson's fault. If Earl Watson hadn't done all sorts of shady things to get Devin Booker 70 points, they would not hate him so much. That's what I I think this is 100% where all this stems from is that one game and an inexperienced coach's decision to do those things. He had his 60 plus point average this past year and three straight losses, too, though. Yeah, but I the hate was there long, long before that. The, yeah. I think I think the the heat of all these takes comes from that one seventy point game. That was one hell of a game, though, man. I still enjoy watching that game just because of the of the hilarity of the Celtics fans cheering for Booker. Who cares what the players were thinking? The players who couldn't stop Booker who decided. That they, I mean, Jay Crowder probably still doesn't sleep at night worried about Devin Booker coming up on him. Um, but that was, I mean, Boston could have doubled him. They didn't. They could have done something to stop him. They didn't. And their fans were cheering for Booker. Well, the uh, the, the Suns took care of that the second time around by uh, getting Jimmer for dead on the same team. Yeah. Right. Jimmer Fredette was better <laughs> stopping him than the entire Celtics team. The the best defense is a bad offense, apparently. What was what was the Fredette going for too? Was he going for like ten points or something? I don't know. But he took like yeah. What did Devin Booker? I think Devin Booker had one shot in the last two minutes of that game, and Jimmer Fredette had like four. <laughs> it was uh, it was hilarity. Falling uh, down shots. So we're going to we're going to get out of here. We will be back on Saturday, though, where we're going to uh, wrap up the Suns forwards versus the West series that we're doing. Then the week after that, uh, we're going to go into the Sun centers, DeAndre Aiden, as well as Aaron Baines versus the West. Um, hopefully we'll just finish that up in one episode, though. And shortly after that, we should be getting close to try. Yeah, actual basketball is coming, which is exciting. Yeah. Hey, I got approved for my season credential today, so thank God. Um, Brightside will be back on the on the case, and Solar Panel will be back on the case at the games this year. Well, very happy about that. One of us will. Well, I'll show up uh, for one game on a, a special pity me pass, but uh, at least so. He gets so, passes whenever he wants, and he just doesn't want to go. That's but when true. the Suns get good again, they's going to want to go. And all it's not. It's not that Greg doesn't want to go. It's that Greg doesn't want to work. 
No, well, that and and I don't want to leave uh, my child at home. Why, if I if I were going to spend my nights there, I just would have stayed working for the team rather than uh, leave. So I, oh, I whatever, whatever, putting your whenever, child ahead. Geez. Yeah, damn me. <laughs> so I fly out every year for a uh, home and home over the weekend to see the Suns, and every year uh, these guys graciously uh, help me out with uh, help me out with tickets. And, and Dave will be like, "Do you want credentials?" And I'm always like, "Nah, I don't. I don't want to work." I, no, I don't you don't work. have to work, but it gets you passes to walk around the locker room and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't want to work. I'm there to uh, en- enjoy myself. You're he means looking. he wants to get drunk. That's what he's saying. You can't get drunk. No, you can't get drunk and go in the locker room. All the time that are drunk to watch the pros game press conference, at least from the coach. I would not be saying this on the podcast. On that note, uh, we will be back on Saturday. Uh, we're going to finish <laughs> up our uh, uh, forward uh, season series, and then we're also going to have an announcement for our fantasy basketball league uh, with the listeners. So tune in back this Saturday.